0: that is supplied unto man based on God's unconditional love. And that if you have to take over this season, you need to realize that you have to take over by grace. That your takeover, it's not just in words, but it's a function of grace. So you need to come to the understanding that grace empowers you to take over. That it's a function of grace. Glory to God. And then last Sunday we talked about takeover being a product of faith. It's a product of faith. So faith, your takeover has to be by faith, but it comes by grace. So you recognize that um, God has graced you for something. But even if he has graced you for it, you need faith to take what he has graced you for. You need faith to deliver what grace has made available for you hallelujah it says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all the grace of God that brings salvation so grace has brought the salvation but faith with faith we receive what grace has brought so the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ has brought salvation has brought soteria nothing missing nothing lacking nothing broken everything complete it's a full package of grace but through faith We take what grace has given to us. Hallelujah. So today, I want to talk about understanding the process leading to take over. Understanding the process leading to take over. So take over is an idea from God. It's God's agenda. It's not an individual process. It's God's agenda. So for you to take over, you need to understand The process required for that takeover. We know that is by grace. We know faith will help us do it. But what are the process? Hallelujah. So in as much as God wants us to excel in our endeavor, he also wants us to be about his purpose primarily. So God wants you to excel, no doubt. But he wants you to excel in purpose. He wants you to excel according to his plan. You know, not all success is the success that comes from God. Not every increase is an increase that comes from God. Not every progress is a progress that comes from God. So it's okay to say, God wants me to excel. God God wants me to succeed. God wants me to prosper. It's okay to say that. But the process to that prosperity, the process to that success, the process to that increase, Has to come by God. It has to come through the ways of God. Glory to God. But as we pursue God's agenda. We realize that he aligns us with his plan. So you have your plan. I have my plan. But God has his agenda. So all our plans fit into his agenda. That's what we're talking about. So if we're defining success and we're defining increase and we're defining progress and we're defining takeover, it has to be by God. You know, definitely, if I get if I get an army of maybe 20 or 30 boys, and I say, okay, let's um, let's stomp past the house. And we stomp there and we take over. Have we not taken over? We've taken over. Hostile takeover. But is it by God's plan? No. So you see and celebrate the successes of people. But you have to understand that is it by God's plan? Is it by God's agenda? It has to be by God's agenda. It has to be by God's plan. So we are not just moving forward, but we're moving forward in line with his plan. We're moving forward in line with his agenda. That's the progress we're talking about. That's the kind of takeover we're talking about. If I go somewhere now, and I, um, Pastaya, I'm using you, sorry. I come to Pastaya, and I say, "Ah, it's takeover season. And Pastaya left her phone here, and I'm passing by, and I see the phone, takeover season, take. And I come out to give a testimony that, oh, I've taken over, I have a brand new phone. And everybody's shouting, yay. But in your mind, you you know that that takeover is hostile takeover. It's not God's takeover. You understand that? So what we're saying is you need to understand the process to take over. And there are certain things that we can do, you and I, that can align us with God's agenda. That can align us with God's plan. Certain things are meant to happen to you. Certain things are meant to come to pass in your life. But then there are certain processes required for it. The Bible said in Genesis, I think, um, chapter 3 or so, It says in the process of time, Cain and Abel, they brought of their fruits. They brought of their substance to God in the process of time. So it means that certain things will happen, but in the process of time. So you can't jump the gun. No. Certain things will happen, but it's a process of time. And you need to give time, that process for such things to happen. Glory to God. Someone say process. Someone say process. It happened for Esther, Esther 4 and verse 14. It says for if you keep silent at this time. Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But if you, if you and your father's house. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. If you keep quiet, God will still deliver us. If you keep quiet, relief will come, progress will come. But God will find another means. But how bad if you are wise, you realize that maybe you are here for such a time as this. Maybe the reason you are in this particular situation is such that the glory of God that will be revealed will come through you. The Bible says in Psalm 105 and 17, said he has sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. One would have thought that the selling of Joseph as a slave was a terrible thing, in quote. Yes, it was terrible. Yes, it was unpleasant. It wasn't a situation that he, he loved, he wanted. No. But it happened anyway. But scripture says, listen, that he sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. How many of you want to travel to the U.S.? You, it's your delight. Don't be shy. You don't know if I have connections to the, to the U.S. embassy now. Lift your hand. Hmm. Amaka, you don't want to go. Ha. Okay, it's not U.S., it's Canada you want to. Okay. Glory to God. Some of, all of you, anyone, even Ghana, said, let me just go. As long as I'm in abroad, abroad is abroad. Hallelujah. So imagine if the road to that US is now somebody calls you and say, ah, I have a job for you. And they say, come. And they just, when you get to the airport or something, they just kidnap you, put you inside the box. And you are screaming, ah, my own has finished. Imagine that kind of situation. But God is saying, he sent a man ahead of them. How, who would have thought that the kidnap, because he was kidnapped, the kidnap, maybe those guys are from, the kidnap of Joseph would have led to his glory. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? God sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. So Someone, someone might ask that, okay, pastor, is it God's plan that he sold him as a slave? No. See, God's plan was for him, God's agenda was for him to get to the palace. Man's plan sold him so that he will not get to the palace. But God Who is God of all. All knowing and all powerful. Will use the evil plans of men. To bring to pass his own agenda. So if you are focusing on God's agenda. Whatever the plan of the enemy. Will not stop the agenda of God. Will not stop it. Will not stop it. So Joseph. They put him in the prison. The hand of God was upon him. The prisoners were experiencing blessing. They said this guy. From, from the pit. They, they sold him to um, Potiphar. Potiphar's house. He was a slave there. And the guy was prospering as a slave. What was making him prosper? prosper? The blessing. The blessing. The pronouncement, the agenda of God for him did not take cognizance of the fact that he's a slave. No. It was leading him and guiding him to the palace. Sometimes, you know, we we worry ourselves a lot when people hurt us, people do things to us. If you know the agenda of God, you realize that there's nothing man can do to you. As long as you are in that agenda. Go and read the story of Ahitophel. There is nothing man can do to you. As long as you are in God's agenda. So you don't need to fight people. No. You don't need to fight policies. Fight government. Fight. No. You don't need to fight all those things. All you need to do is put yourself in the agenda of God. As long as you are in that agenda. If they carry you and say look. We are, we are going to frame you for something you did. And you know plan for you strategize to frame you. And then they successfully framed you. And the matter gets to court. And you are facing the judge. And you are like God. Ah, you know I am innocent. You did not deliver me. You didn't deliver me. If they are going to jail me. And they are sentencing you. And you are thinking, God, is this how you are going to be looking at me? And you say, God. Now like this, you go to the day. And then you are wondering. What he saying? He sent a man ahead of them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave. It means that as long as God's agenda becomes your focus. And through the process you are going through, nothing man can do to you. That's why sometimes I'm very hesitant when people say to me, Pastor, um, pray for me. They are sacking everybody in my office. I'm very hesitant. That sack may just be your glory. May I not be the one that, they will, that will pray for you not to enter your glory. Say, so ah, they're sacking everybody. I'm like, hmm. Not all sack is bad sack, some sack is good sack. It's the glory that you need. Not all, yeah, also they, are, they are retrenching. They are cutting down salaries. Not all salary cut down is bad. Some of them is good. So that when they cut it down and you are with God. God, what happened? They cut They say, God say, leave them alone. What I have for you to make in a day is more than your salary in a month. You say, ah, ah let them cut it they want to cut Because you are following God's agenda. You are not following man's plans. That's the thinking of the new creation. Because your source is God. Your source is not man. The moment you realize that your source is God. Your source can never be man. Can never be man. God has a thousand and one ways. That's what they were telling Esther. He said if you keep silent at this time. Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews. From another place. But relief and deliverance will come. Because it's God's agenda. Glory to God. So what are the process to understand take over? Number one. Be consecrated to heaven's agenda. Stay consecrated. Stay consecrated. You must recognize and elevate God's purpose and will. The purpose of God that was set in grace must be embraced through conscious and deliberate decisions consecration requires you living primarily for self not living primarily for self pleasure it's sacrificial but it has great reward so you are saying just like Jesus not my will but your will be done if it's possible let this cup pass me over but not my will but your will be done you know, if God actually showed shows us some of the things that we have to go through to get to the other side, who rather not. Who rather not. Some of the things you have to go through to get to the other side, you'd rather not. But consecration puts you in a place where you're saying to God, not my will, but your will be done. As long as I'm in your agenda, if I have to go through this, then no problem, I go through it. Not every fight... Is a fight that you have to come to the forefront. No. There are some fights that you just have to stand still. And just watch. As things play out. There are some fights that you have to. You know take up your armor and come and, and do all that. But there are some you just have to stand still. And then God is telling you. That look in this, in this, in this matter. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Someone, someone asked me. Came to me one time and said. Um, Pastor. Um. There was some, the person called me on the phone and said, someone was dying, someone was dying, someone was about to die or something. It was in a very um, um, precarious situation. I said, um, do something, do something. And as I was about to pray, the Lord said to me, he said, don't, don't pray. That person will die. How will I tell the person that called me on the phone that God said the person will die? How? I can't do that. So I prayed another kind of prayer. I say, God, let your will be done. <laughs> let your will be done. Bring comfort to the family. Bring hope to them. Strengthen them. Sometimes we think that the death of a loved one means that the whole world has come crashing down. Sometimes it's not like that. But if you understand who you are as a child of God, understand your place in Christ, you realize that in Christ Jesus, we don't lose. We don't lose. Death is not the end in itself. Something gets missing. Something gets stolen. Something gets lost. You don't lose. No. You don't lose. You win all the time. That's who you are. Your winning position is irrespective of what you have or you do not have. Your winning position is irrespective Of the present victory. You are victorious. With or without. You are victorious. So stay consecrated. Hebrews 12 and 2. says look into Jesus. The founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. And is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's seated there. Consecration. Number two, you run with the word. Run with the word. Run with the word. Run with the word. Paul said, I'm not like one that beats the air. No, I'm specific about something. I run with the word. Be deliberate about specific instructions and prophecies over your life. You need a word from God to stand the test of time. You have to be deliberate. Run with the word. You're trusting God for something. What's the word you're running with? What's the word God is speaking to you about? What's the declaration from your mouth? What are the things you are saying about the things you are expecting? You run with the word. From time to time, God intentionally releases upon us prophecies. Intentionally. Intentionally. help us prepare for every season for every season Revelation 1 and 3 he said blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near for the time is near so by intention God's intention he releases prophecies for different seasons in our lives For different seasons in our lives. Psalm 105 verse 19. It is until what he had said. Come to pass. Came to pass. The word of the Lord. Tested him. The king sent. And released him. The ruler of the people. Set him free. He made him lord of his house. And ruler of all his possessions. To bind his princes. At his pleasure. And to teach his elder's wisdom. But until that time came, the word of God tested him. The word of God tried him. And when he was released, he was brought to the palace. He was brought to the place of rulership where kings reign and rule. Glory to God. So have a word, a specific prophecy, something you're running with. Don't just run blindly, but run specifically. Hallelujah. Number three. You cultivate the spirit of excellence. Cultivate the spirit of excellence. Don't settle for anything less than the best. Master your art and always seek to improve. Be teachable and be hungry for greatness. Master your art. Say this is what I do. How good are you with what you do? If they are asking for top 5 or top 10 in your industry. Will they find you? Will they find you? You master your art. Strive for excellence. Don't just be about the fact that you are doing something. But you are doing it excellently well. Excellently well. If I ask you. Okay, Pastor Grace, I want to buy you a car. And I say, choose between a Toyota, maybe a Toyota Camry and a Ferrari. She's smiling. It's a no-brainer, right? Why would you choose a Ferrari? (laughs) But why? Ferrari is on another level, right? It's on another class. It doesn't come cheap. Because there's excellence there. There's excellence there. That's what, you know, when people say things like, um, who will buy my product that I'm selling? You want to sell something and say, okay, if, I, if it's too cost, they will not buy. Ha. You don't know who you are selling to. There are some things people will bring to me that I will not buy. Not because I don't like it, but it's not excellent even if it's cheap even if it's cheap so you are not doing cheap neither are you doing expensive no you are just doing what you need that's all in an excellent way in an excellent way so by the time you set your products and your services in, in an excellent way. You will find people that will buy, people that will patronize you, people that will come to you. When I came to Port Harcourt, where I used to cut my hair, the guy charges 200 naira to cut the hair. Because I was new in the city, I didn't know where to go and all that. So I kept going there, cutting my hair, cutting my hair, cutting my hair. And then I wasn't liking it because there was no excellence. Each time I cut the hair, they would say, "Ah, PJ, where did you cut this hair? Me too, I would not have mouths to talk where I cut the hair. So I located the place. I saw one place, they charge 500. I said, okay, let me try. I tried it. It was okay. It wasn't excellent. I kept going. Then I found another place. It was 1,000. Sometimes they charge one five. I don't even know what they do. And I said, okay, let's try. It's not about the money, but I'm looking for excellence. And they started cutting the thing. And they said, ah, oh, PJ, do you like this your haircut? I said, "He, yeah. It's excellent. It's excellent. So I stuck with that. Excellent. I found my place. I found my place. It's not because, it's not, it's not about cheap or expensive. It's the excellence that you want to have. And the thing about excellence is when you arrive at that place of excellence, that becomes your status quo, that becomes your standard. And everything around you begins to pull excellence. Everybody around you begins to pull excellence in that particular way. I went for, for, for a program about three years ago. In Potakaot here, Pastor Jimmy Tewi held that held that um, conference. A lady came and one of the speakers. She said when she moved into the city, she was having. A, she started a salon, and um, she wanted it to be excellently done. So by the time she did the setup and everything, and then people came to the shop and were like, "Oh, nice, beautiful, oh, good, and everything." So um, how much is braid? How much is washing and setting? That's what they call it, right? How much is that? How much is styling and all that? When she began to mention her price, said, ah, madam, but I got people know they pay like that too. And she was like, no. See, your brand and your service is not for everybody.
1: You are not sent to the whole
0: world. Are you Jesus? You are not sent to the whole world. Not everybody is your customer. Come on, you need to realize that. Not everybody is your customer. You think Mercedes and Ferrari sells to everybody. No. There are some cars. You don't go to the market to buy them. You order. Not everybody is your customer. So you start creating that niche for yourself. After a while, in the initial stage, it may it may look difficult, but after a while, you would have carved out your own marketplace such that you have your own customers, premium, paying you premium, paying you premium. So that lady maintained that her standard. After a while, people were not coming. She left it like that. Once a while, one person, two persons will come. They will drive in with their Mercedes driving with their big cars, they'll sit down, she'll do their nails, do their hair, they'll pay, they'll go without question. The people that don't pay, you are the most troublesome customer. You are charging them 1,000 and on that 1,000 they are still complaining. somebody madame, you know give us Christmas gift? On top of your 1,000? What is it? They won't call you on the phone. Christmas don't come. waiting that they give us. Ha! On top of your 1,000. After a few years, she carved her niche in the city. In Port now, I think she has about three or four salons in different places. Excellently done. Excellently done. She said, in my salon, you can't come there and when they are washing hair, they'll put bucket under the thing." He said, never, not here. See now, so, we they drama about that code, they say, Not my own. You channel the pipe properly, let it go somewhere. There's a lady I'm consulting for, she's, she's do, running a salon as well. When I, I did a training somewhere and she heard me speak, she said, Look, I need you to come um, look at my establishment, look at my business, tell me what I need to do and everything. She started a salon um, just um, somewhere down the, down the road there. And then I came there. She insisted, The day I was to travel to Lagos, the next day, she called me, she said, You must come today. I said, I'm traveling tomorrow. He said, I said, till next week or whenever I come back. She said, but I need you to come today. So I was glad I went there that day. When I got there, as I stood, I looked at the place. I looked at the place. I said, remove this, remove this, remove this, remove this. Take this away. Remove this. She said, "Eh, why? I I said, do you have a picture of what you want to do here? Have you seen a good salon? She said, "Eh, where? I said, come. I took her in the car. I drove her to black and white. She stood there. She opened her mouth. She said, huh? she's thanking me. She said, after we go back, she said, ah, that thing you did for me. Thank you. Thank you. It opened her mind to possibility. She called her carpenter, called and said, remove this, cancel this, do Change the whole setting of the whole place. I said, so how much are you charging for this? How much are you charging for that? Where do you want to do your pedicure and everything? She showed me. When I showed her where you do pedicure in black and white, just pedicure alone is 4000 or so. More than that, right? Everything, pedicure and manicure, everything was about $12,000 or so. She was like, and people pay? I said, yes, I pay. I go there to do and I pay. Excellence. Your customers will come. You are not sent to everybody. If you don't create the space for the people you are are sent to, to come, they will not come. They will not come. So cultivate that spirit of excellence. Number four. Recognize divine opportunities. How are you going to take over? That's what we're talking about. Recognize divine opportunities. Stay prepared and ready for opportunities. Opportunities will come. They will always come. But how prepared are you? How ready are you? How ready are you? Sometimes God puts us in situations where we have to solve difficult problems and you think that it's an issue. No, it's not an issue. It's not an issue. Just because there's darkness around doesn't mean that light should go and sleep. No. It's an opportunity for light to shine. So when things are not going well in your office and around you, it's an opportunity for light to shine. So recognize divine opportunities in first Samuel chapter 17 in verse 36. It says, Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the power of the lion and from the power of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. That was an opportunity that showed up for David. Imagine if he had run away from that opportunity, from that darkness as it were. Certain times, certain responsibilities are committed to our hands and it's difficult. Your boss asks you to do something and you say, uh, your guy is too hard though. I cannot do it. It's an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity that you need to maximize. It's an opportunity. My pastor will tell me, as long as you're a leader, you have to find a way to get things done. When I, was, when I was his, his PA he would, um, he would ask me to get reports from the pastors we had a number of pastors then and then each pastor was supposed to send him a report every week and they were not just sending their report and when he calls me and says Joel um, can I have a summary of the report I said oh this pastor has not sent that pastor has not sent he would just be like Joel what are you doing I said sir it's not me oh. they are the ones that did not send the report to he said but what are you doing I said, ah, I should harass pastors for reports. I was saying that in my mind because I didn't understand what he meant by what are you doing? So one day he said to me, he said, if you cannot get your superiors to do their job, your leadership is low. I said, this is serious. What is my own? You know, if it's your your subordinate, you can say, my friend, come here, I want that report by two. But do I want to call the pastors and say, This pastor speaking, I want that report by two. I I can't do that. But he told me, he said, if you cannot get your superiors to do their job, your leadership is low. So I began to think, how can I, a subordinate, get my superior to do his job? God began to give me strategies on how to deal with all of them. And by the time I was done, I was in a better place. Their reports were prompt. Everybody was submitting reports promptly prompt It was a lot of work, but I had to find a way in that situation to get them to do their report. So I realized that the position of a PA is almost like the boss. So, ah! It was almost like the boss. Then they feel gap Oh, Jesus. When I now got a job uh, uh, in, in the circular, I was working with, I was PA to um, um, the chairman of one of these banks. I don't to mention the bank i So that's when I knew he is our power. Oh goodness gracious! My boss travels with with, um, with a private jet, and then when I want to book his travel, I will call the MD of another company. <laughs> See, MD shaking because you are riding on the wings of your boss. I was not. Pulling ranks on him, but I was just call and say, hello, my name is so and so and so. I'm calling on behalf of Say, Oh, oh, sorry, sir. Yes, sir. How may I help you, sir? I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, so um um the boss would like to use the private jet tomorrow um by two p.m. Say, oh, I need to confirm if it's if it's free, if it's free. I send one email like this, response, shut. but if I was not prepared I would not have maximized that opportunity when I went for the interview they were just going to interview me with just the HR or something and then when HR had me talk and everything he said no 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 no, you, you, you can't go now you can't go now please you need to meet with so and so, so person I said but this interview was scheduled for 12 and I need to get back to the office." He said please can you just give us one more hour she went to call about four or five of their of her other colleagues and said, Please come, you need to interview this guy. If we lose him, we lose him. Say, okay, sat down, interview. When they finished, they said, No, 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 no. Please tell him he needs to meet with the senior partner. That same day, they had to organize, call the senior partner, say, please, you need to meet with this person so that we can so that we can conclude on him quickly. Met with the senior partner. Senior partner said, okay, finalized, good to go. Let the boss know that we've gotten someone. But I was prepared. I've gone through the process of knowing that if I can't get my superiors to do their job, then my leadership is low. And that didn't happen in the place of comfort. It happened in the place of pain. So you maximize the hard times. So David said, The same God that delivered me from the bear and the lion would deliver me from this foolish time. Why? Because I'm prepared. God has prepared me. God uses the challenges and the dark times around you to prepare you for glory. Don't learn from it. Don't learn from it. Things are not going well in my office. Things are not going well. If I done my boss, it's too, too difficult. Stay there and learn. Be di- be diff- stay under the difficult situation. Learn. Till God tells you to leave. You don't know what God is preparing you for. You don't know what's ahead. You don't know what's ahead. You don't know if the next place God is taking you to. Somebody worse than Pharaoh will be there. And God needs you to be ready. You don't know. You don't know. When people tell me that their bosses are difficult. My first disposition is not to, to say, oh, why is your boss difficult? No. No. My first disposition is that there's nothing wrong in your boss being difficult. There's nothing wrong. Your difficult boss does not change you. No. It should make you better as a child of God. It's a test of your faith, a test of everything God has put inside of you. It's a test of who you are as a child of God. So you embrace it. It's a light shines the brightest. In the darkest, so when things are pretty dark, then realize that it's time for for your light to shine the brightest. Glory to God. So recognize divine opportunities. Number five, you run with patience. You run with patience. Let me read before I go to number five. Let me read something to you in Esther, Esther chapter one. From verse 12. Talking about recognizing divine opportunities. Esther chapter 1. It says, But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command. Delivered by the eunuchs. At this the king became enraged. And his anger burned within him. Then the king said to the wise men. Who knew the times? For this was the king's procedure towards all who were versed in law and judgment. The man next to him, being Kashena, and all that, and all that, and all that, in verse uh, 15, said, according to the law, what is to be done to Queen Vashti? Because she had not performed the command of the ki- of King Ahasuerus, delivered by the eunuchs. Then Memucan said to the prince, said in the presence of the king and the officials, not only against the king has Queen Vashti done wrong, but also against all the officials and all the people who are in all the province of King Ahasuerus. For the queen's behavior will be made known to all women, causing them to look at their husbands with contempt, since they will all say King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him and she did not come. Said this very day, the noble woman of Pasha and media who have heard of the queen's behavior will say the same to all the king's officials and there will be contempt and wrought in plenty. Now here is it. He said, If it please the king, let a royal order go out from him and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the, and the Medes, so that it may not be repealed that Vashti is never again to come before King Ahasuerus and let the king give a royal position to another who is better than she. One dark moment, one light moment for another. Every time you see darkness shows up, realize that light is waiting to shine. Every time you see difficult situations, realize there's an opportunity waiting in the corner. There's an opportunity waiting in the corner. So number five, you run with patience. Run with patience. Recognize that the race God has called you to run is a unique race. You don't compare yourself with others. And you run intelligently with patience. What is patience? Is being constantly constant. Consistently constant. Actively waiting without wavering. Actively waiting without wavering. I talked about the process of time in Genesis chapter 3. There are certain things that requires time to fulfill. In Galatians chapter 4, from verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoptions as sons. So when the fullness of time came, God sent his son to redeem who? Those who are under the law. It means that while they were under the law, they were asking, when are we going to be redeemed? When are we going to be redeemed? But well, God kept quiet. When are we going to be redeemed? Well, God kept. Quiet. But when the fullness of time came, there are certain things you are asking God now when, when, when. And God is keeping quiet. Not because he doesn't want to do it. But there's a patience required. There's a fullness of time that will come that will bring it to us. He said that we receive adoptions as songs. There are certain things that require patience. It requires patience. He said it makes all things beautiful in his style. In this time, in his time. I don't know where your walk with God is at this time. But you need to realize that when God gives a word for a season, He's given that word and that word will come to pass. You and I need to now position ourselves rightly for that word to come to pass. We need to position ourselves rightly. We need to put ourselves in a space where that word will begin to produce. It will try us. It will test us. But it will produce what he has said. Why? Because his word cannot fall to the ground. His word cannot fail. His word cannot fail. We will be tested, we will be tried, but that word will come to pass. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. Let's read Hebrews, Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6 and verse 12. It says, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Through faith and patience inherit the promise. That is a sure word. That's an assurance. That one, there is a promise for me to inherit and that two, my faith and my patience will bring me to a place where I will inherit that promise. So what God has said is what is driving me. What God has said is what is leading me. And I'm holding on to that word with everything inside of me. With faith and patience. Applying excellence. Diligence. Knowing that his promise will come to pass. And I'm positioning myself to receive of that promise. Receive of that inheritance. Stand to your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.